Welcome to Sports BKC, the Star's daily sports podcast presented by Big O Tires. It's Friday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. And I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. There was a baseball birthday this week. Did you hear? The Negro Leagues turned 100 years old on Thursday. On February 13, 1920, representatives of eight teams met at the Paseo YMCA in Kansas City to create the Negro National League with Rube Foster as the president. The Negro Leagues became a piece of Americana. Baseball was segregated, and over the next few decades, this is where African Americans and Hispanics played the game and played it as well as anyone. You've heard the names Josh Gibson, Oscar Charleston, Cool Papa Bell, Satchel Paige. They're all enshrined in baseball's Hall of Fame, along with so many others who played in the Negro Leagues. So on Thursday, baseball returned to the Paseo YMCA to recognize the occasion. Commissioner Rob Manfred was there, as was Royals owner John Sherman, among others. But as is always the case wherever he speaks, Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro League Baseball Museum, just across the street from the YMCA, delivered the most moving speech. You'll hear the comments of Manfred, Sherman, and Kendrick, all about five to seven minutes each, starting with Manfred, who announces a special pledge to the Buck O'Neill Center, an educational arm of the museum that will be housed in the Paseo YMCA building. That building was vandalized a couple of years ago, and much of the funding is earmarked for repairs. Here's baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. It really is a pleasure uh, to be back here in Kansas City. I was chatting with the great new owner of the Kansas City Royals, John Sherman, uh, this morning and saying what an asset this part of town is for Kansas City to have the Negro League Museum, the Buck O'Neill Center, the American Jazz Museum, and of course the great Royals um, Baseball Academy, all in a single area. Um, Just great for your community uh, and I think a testimony to the spirit uh, of the community here in Kansas City. I've always been a huge fan of the Negro League Museum. Bob uh, talked about the tour that he gave us. I'd actually been there before, but I have to tell you, Mr. Kendrick kind of makes it special for you if he walks you around. Um, you know, it's a, it commemorates baseball history, um, but it's more than that. It's a tribute to African-American entrepreneurship and the culture that existed during the period of time. Um, it, it is a great place and we will always be big supporters. Um, I think one of the ways that you judge the quality of a museum is, you know, do you learn something every time you go? And the last time I was there with Bob, I particularly focused on the section of the museum um, about Henry Aaron's time in the Negro Leagues. And I learned uh, during that visit that his nickname was Porkchop when he played in the Negro Leagues. So Henry happened to be here that night. He was sitting with us during the World Series. So I kind of slid in next to Henry and I said, hey, how you doing, pork chop? <laughs> and I think he was impressed um, with my knowledge of his history, at least. Um, Major League Baseball and its players are, are really proud to be participating throughout this season in the celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues. My friend Tony Clark, on behalf of the players, the MLBPA, and Major League Baseball have pledged an additional million dollars um, to the project here in Kansas City. (laughs) The happiest man at the MLBPA, Jeffrey Hammonds, is here with us, and Xavier James, and 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I have to say uh, the first step on this one, the first phone call came from Tony Clark, um, and uh, we were happy to say yes, we do this jointly with them. But it's not just about the money for us. Um, on June 27th, all of our players um, will commemorate the 100th anniversary by wearing a special logo, a special patch. Um, a number of our teams are planning special tribute games throughout the year. There will be features on the MLB network, the MLB.com, all of our platforms about the Negro Leagues throughout the years. As a matter of fact, there was a great one. Those of you who were doing the right thing and watching the MLB network yesterday will know there was a good one about Buck O'Neill yesterday. But maybe most important is the educational effort that's going to take place in our youth programs, including the Hank Aaron Invitational, kind of the crown jewel of those programs. We have made a tremendous effort to attract young African-American players to our game. And in order to be successful in that effort, we feel that young people need to understand the role of African-Americans in baseball so that they can see themselves in our game. We just moved at Major League Baseball into new space. Um, it's a beautiful new space on Avenue of the Americas. And there's a two-story atrium in the space. Um, that part of that two-story atrium is a depiction of Satchel Paige made entirely of baseball cards of players from the Negro Leagues. We think that symbol is important. Um, it, it, it speaks to the institution's devotion to the efforts that I just referred to. Um, last, I'd really like to thank Bob Kendrick. You know, uh, he, we were chatting earlier this morning. I know he's on his way to New Orleans to be at our academy there. He has been a tremendous partner to us in our educational efforts, in our efforts to um, attract more young African Americans to the game. And he really is a tremendous asset for the city of Kansas City. So thank you very much. Our biggest tire sale of the year happening now at Big O Tires. Buy two tires, get two free on select tires in stock. That's two tires free when you buy an alignment and tire protection package. That's 50% off tires at Big O Tires. It's going on now, but it all ends soon. Buy two tires, get two free at all participating Big O Tires. Installation additional plus shop fee of up to 10% of non-discounted retail price, not to exceed $35. Hurry, sale ends Monday, President's Day. Next up is new Royals owner, John Sherman, who opens his comments with a reference to Frank White, the former Royals all-star second baseman, now the Jackson County executive, and in attendance on Thursday. And Frank, you know, I, it just struck me here, eight gold gloves, and Alex Gordon has seven. Now I think I know why he's coming back. But, uh, <laughs> but that could be a long haul. But. Anyway, Bob, thanks again for that introduction. And, you know, more importantly, thank you for making this day such a meaningful one, for, for preserving this compelling story for all of Kansas City and for all of baseball today. You have been a troop force in preserving the Negro League's legacy, and we're all in your debt for that. Thank you. Today is a day for celebration of a treasured national asset and an important and integral part of Kansas City's heritage and history. You know, as the commissioner said, we all have different experiences. I think we all learn different things when we walk through there. I know you don't want me to talk about Cleveland, but the, the Larry Doby connection, uh, you know, certainly 
was meaningful. And in 1948, uh, Larry and Satchel were on the World Series championship team. I, I believe they were the first African-Americans to, to be on a, a World Series championship team. But the story told on the walls of that museum is incredible. And really just about young men that just wanted to play the most popular game in this country, baseball. Many of them weren't allowed to play at the highest level despite their talent because of the color of their skin. Can you imagine Frank White not being an all-star uh, second baseman and not being on that 1985 world championship team? I, I cannot imagine that. They just wanted to play baseball. Today, a hundred years later, here we stand in the Buck O'Neill Center, the old Paseo YMCA, where men with vision led by Rube Foster founded the Negro Leagues, creating an opportunity they should have had access to, but did not. I love the way that the museum tells the story. With, this, with the history of the Negro Leagues against the backdrop of American history. The Kansas City Royals have a real connection to that story, one elevated by the monarchs in their heritage of baseball in Kansas City. While this story is about baseball on one hand, as I said at the press conference uh, announcing our new ownership group, it really transcends baseball. It's bigger than baseball. When I walk through the museum, I think about the courage of these people and the risks that they took. When Larry Doby became a member of the Cleveland Indians in 1947, Lou Boudreau was the manager, and this story is told in the museum. He asked all the players to welcome Larry and to shake his hand. Three players refused. The next day, the owner, Bill Veck, shipped those guys out. Such moments take courage and leadership and bring about change. I remember Bob telling me one of the times I walked through the museum with him that and I think I'm right about this, Bob, but that the only time you really detected bitterness from Buck O'Neill was after African-Americans came back from World War II, after defending, fighting tyranny on the other side of the world, they still had to deal with prejudice and discrimination right here at home. And Buck, you know, for you to say that, he was always a positive guy. In fact, I know he inspired you relative to rebuilding this place. Uh, this, this whole story is about resiliency. And as you said, we won't let the haters win. But things were been, be, But things were beginning to change. In 1947, Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby broke through in baseball. In 1948, President Harry Truman desegregated the armed forces by executive order against great opposition. Harry Truman himself played a game-changing role in history. I think he was ahead of his time from a civil rights perspective, and his story is superimposed. Former, former Secretary of State and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Colin Powell, once came to the Truman Library and said, Harry Truman gave me the only job I could get at that time in the military. Secretary Powell went on to say he would never have had the extraordinary opportunities that he did to serve his country at the highest level, but for the president's courage. I don't, I don't know if pre the president was inspired by what was happening in baseball, but the timing is curious, and for me, it illustrates 
how this story transcends baseball. Today, standing on this hallowed ground, the feeling I'm most left with is gratitude. Gratitude that we have this treasure with us right here in Kansas City. Gratitude that the Negro Leagues and the Monarchs are part of our legacy and that the Kansas City Royals have the privilege of being up close to their extraordinary history. Gratitude that it happened right here, that it adds so much to our city's heritage, and that it's part of our legacy. That's pretty special. Today's celebration is a ref reflection of how important this iconic institution is to Kansas City and to the game of baseball. But even more, it's an American treasure. This place reinforces to us how important it is for all of us to elevate the lesson the Negro League so powerfully taught us. Through the example of people like Rube Foster, J.L. Wilkinson, Wilkie, the first, the first owner of the Monarchs, and when you talk about entrepreneurship, I think he invented it night baseball. When you think about the courage of somebody, and it was during the Great Depression, he got the bank to lend him money to shine lights on a baseball field, and uh, how, he, how he got that done, I don't know. Tonight, we don't call it night baseball, we call it prime time. <laughs> And we, call the, and we call the game content. And so, you know, that uh, you think about how, how we all benefit by what, what happened here in Kansas City. This sport has created positive change that still hasn't reached its finish line. But today is a day that we celebrate people who were just trying to create opportunities, and they changed our country, and did so with game-changing success. On behalf of the Kansas City Royals organization, we are grateful for that history lesson, and we pledge always to never forsake it and forever honor it. Many thanks to all of you for that privilege. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And... As always, thanks for listening. Finally, we hear from Bob Kendrick. The man can hold a room. He emceed the hour-long event on Thursday without notes. He introduced all the speakers, remembered everyone's name and title, and eloquently delivered these closing comments. Pay close attention when the topic turns to Oscar Charleston and plans for his memory. Here's Bob Kendrick. Well, for those of you who got a program, you can see some of the things that are being planned under the umbrella of a 100-year celebration, which we are super excited about. We hope that you will earmark, particularly November 14th, when we will play host to a star-studded baseball celebration. And, we, and we, we're excited about all the eyes being on Kansas City. Just quickly as we close, this building is so vitally important to the next phase of growth for the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. We were very bold and daring in 1990 when we opened the museum in a little one-room office about as big as this area that I'm standing in, and Buck O'Neill and a number of other local Negro leaguers, and Frank mentioned a bunch of them, all of them gone. 
They're all gone. Uh-huh. They took turns paying the monthly rent to keep the little office open. And with it, our dreams of one day building a facility that would pay rightful tribute not only to one of the great chapters in baseball history, but again, one of the greatest chapters in American history. And we knew from the onset that we were dealing with potentially a finite piece of history from the standpoint that all of those who made this history were going to be gone. And it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. But their legacies deserve to play on. And the life lessons that stem from this, this unyielding belief in self. Yeah, you won't let me play with you, I create my own. And, and, and that's something very special about that, that as, as Mr. Sherman said, transcends the game of baseball. Yeah, it transcends race, it transcends age, and it transcends gender. And that's all wrapped up inside this beautiful story of the Negro Leagues. A group of individuals, talented individuals who just wanted to play ball. That's all. And, and so as we embark on the next hundred years of promoting this rich history, we look forward to each and every one of you being a part of this journey and making sure that our genera future generations will have an opportunity to learn something that none of us were privy to during our own formal educations. And, and that is what makes this story so incredibly awe-inspiring, so incredibly compelling, and obviously so incredibly needed, and maybe needed more today than ever before. And, and so as we leave, we are looking forward to going to Indianapolis on May 2nd, where the official first game took place, May 2nd, 1920, between the Indianapolis ABCs and the Chicago American Giants. Root Foster's Chicago American Giants and C.I. Taylor's Indianapolis ABCs. First official game, we're going back to Indianapolis to commemorate that. But we also recently learned that the great Oscar Charleston, whom Buck O'Neill would say without hesitation, the greatest baseball player he ever saw. Commissioner says he was Willie Mays before we ever knew who Willie Mays was. As a matter of fact, the old times in Negro League say the closest thing to Oscar Charleston was Willie Mays. And that is absolutely frightening as my dear friend who's here today joining us, Joe Posnanski. Joe, thank you so much for coming into these frigid temperatures from Charlotte to be here. And he heard Buck tell that story a gazillion times and he said it with compassion and conviction each and every time. Well, we learned that he's buried in a nondescript grave site there in Indianapolis. And so one of the things that we're doing as part of this 100-year celebration, not only going back to commemorate that first game, but we will go back and put a proper headstone on the grave site of the legendary Oscar Charleston. And I know he didn't want any recognition, but I do want to thank a, a guy who, honestly, I just met today. He saw me on the MLB TV network with Harold talking about Oscar Charleston and his effort to put a headstone on his gravesite, flew in from San Francisco as a result. Mr. Rick Roberts, Rick, where are you? He's in the back back there. He's hiding in the back. He didn't know I was going to do this. But that's what happens when you generate that kind of exposure. And now he is working diligently. He's taking leadership of making sure that Charleston is recognized in a way in which he should be with not only his own financial support, but galvanizing others who will be there. So it will be a special day, May 2nd. So Rick, thank you. Again, on behalf of all of us, with all sincerity from the very bottom of our heart, we thank each and every one of you, my friends from the Kaufman Foundation, 
thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They've already pledged their support to this celebration very generously, I may add. Uh-huh. And our friends over at the city of Kansas City, who too have pledged their support very generously, I may add. And I hope that others of you will join us in making sure that we take care of this great museum. Yes, absolutely. So again, thank you all for being part of this historic ceremony. To all of our dignitaries, we want to get a shot, one group shot here that kind of commemorates the spirit of Ruth Foster before we head back over and you all start to go back to your next destination. But it's going to be a fun year. It is an extremely important year and it has an opportunity to be a game changer for the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Thank you all. That'll do it for another week of Sports BKC, the Star's Daily Sports Podcast. Thanks to producers Derek Donovan and Randy Mason for putting together today's show. Stories about the Negro League birthday celebration and a terrific column on the topic by Vahe Gregorian can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. We'll be back on Monday for another week of Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.